It's time for another edition of Why Are You Awake? Paul Farvar here, your host. If you're listening to this, go over to the YouTube page at youtube.com backslash Paul F. Comedy to watch us live. This week, we have comedian Adam Burke from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Go check him out. Subscribe to him as well. If you want to see where I'm coming up show-wise, paulfcomedy.com has all my upcoming dates. Make sure you subscribe to everything, like everything, share everything, and don't forget to check out our sponsors. Hey, gang. As some of you know, I used to be a practicing lawyer in Chicago. I no longer practice, but from time to time, I need a lawyer. And when I need a lawyer, I call my friend Scott Shapiro. Scott Shapiro has been practicing law for over 25 years in Chicago. He does it all from workers' compensation to personal injury, employment issues, and even entertainment law and contract needs. If you need a lawyer, call my friend Scott, 312-648-8800. That's 312-648-8800. Or you can email him at scott at scottshapirolegal.com. Tell him I sent you. You're welcome. It's time for another edition of Why Are You Awake? My name is Paul Farver. I am your host. This week we have comedian Adam Burke joining me in a second. Uh, you might know him from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Uh, he's a legend here in Chicago, if not the country, if not the world. <laughs> Adam Burke. Hi, Paul. Good to see you again, man. I like that I was right about you were right about to take a sip and I just well, I'm no, turning it over good. to you. It's good. Thank you for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me. What number is this? Well, I'm not allowed to say because we don't really know yet. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I already managed. I found a way to screw up the format. Yeah, it's like okay. 30 seconds in. You're probably like, it's, it'll probably be like number five to eight, <laughs> I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. Um, Adam, you've uh, been on the scene as a comedian for, how long have you been doing comedy now? Uh, I started in October of 2006. Okay. So consistently, seven, or you took breaks? No, I never really took a break. Wow. I like I, you know, if I did take a break, it was for like, you know, a month maybe. Okay. But so never. That's really. a long time. Yeah, seventeen years. Seventeen years. Okay, yeah. I couldn't do the math on that. My my comedy career is like a unruly adolescent. How's that? It's because it's seventeen. It's unreliable. Uh, <laughs> fair. Does, I'm not getting what I want from it. Fair. Adam, when I start, I, I'm 12 years in. Yeah. Uh, consistently inconsistent. But uh, when I started, you were, uh, you came off as, uh, everyone was so intimidated by you. And I think still people are. I find that, I think, I've, I've heard that from people and I'm really baffled by that. I am baffled too now. <laughs> Good. I am because I know you, but right. I do remember a comedian saying, oh, I don't think he likes me. I'm like, I, I don't think so at all. I think he does. He wouldn't watch you if you didn't. Because, uh, uh, but now I know you, I know you're, you're, you're not uh, hating of people, but I could see why. You know, my thing is, was it comedy was if we were at a comedy show and there was comedy on the stage, I would watch the comedy. So people would come up to me. And they would start to talk to me and I would say a few words to them and I would be cordial. And then I would like cordial. I would also be, I would be both cordial, cordial. and cordial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're nothing if we're Dep not accurate here. Depending, okay. depending on how much I liked them, you got the extra syllable <laughs> if I liked you. But then I would sort of, you know, it's so funny because I'm sort of realizing this now that maybe that's why people thought I didn't like them. But I, my thing would be, no, 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 there's another comic on stage. 
Right. And like, unless we are in a completely separate room, I'm not talking to you while there's another comic right. on stage because I like it drove respect me. The, respect the comedy. And it's like, even if they're like, you know, even if you don't like their comedy, even if you think they're bombing, like there is something like, you know, especially back then, like, you know, you could always learn something. Then there is something, you know, and, and I always like, if you saw someone who was good and you saw they had like, you know that they had killer material and they killed everywhere and then they were struggling. That was always interesting to watch. Just to be how like, did they huh? get out? How did they get out? And why is why it not? is it not working tonight? Like I know this joke is good. I know it's right tested, but I think that's my. Th- I still to this day do it. Like at Laugh Factory, I've got like three or four sentences. Unless we're like good good buddies, I've got like three or four sentences in me, and then I always feel like I don't know. I feel like. I don't want to be in the way of the staff and I don't want to be like disrespectful to whoever's on stage. Well, I'm glad you said that because the my biggest pet peeve is when people talk in the showroom and I'm always, I'm like the narc. I always say, guys, yeah. and people get mad at me because yeah. I, and I usually let it go unless I can tell that at least if you're talking in the back, there's still people, especially at Laugh Factory and at Zany's, there's people around you that paid money to see the show. You catching up with me yeah. about fucking an inside joke is irrelevant. Yeah. We can go take this another time. I've seen people do it at shows they run. Yeah. Like it's, it's the worst. <laughs> it's and I and I, I said something once to an owner, I'm like or to the manager of a club. I was like, This keeps happening. Can I say something or should I say something? And they're like, Do not say something. I'm like, Really? Like I just feel like I can put it on the comedy scene. They're like, No, don't say it. People are gonna take it the wrong way. I'm like, Well then you do it. Yeah. Like you should say it because it hap- especially at Laugh Factory, when you're about to go up, there's that spot where the comedians are ready to go up. Sometimes the host will be talking to the next person. I'm like, if you're on stage, it's the most frustrating thing. Yeah. And then if even if you're not on stage, or even if you're at the Laugh Factory, you hear people in the in the green room that are so loud, and yeah. you're like, guys, you gotta keep it down. Yeah, it's crazy. I think we just did. Th- we just yeah, had this yeah, happen yeah, the yeah, other night. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always the one. I'm glad you said it because then I'm like, oh, <laughs> see, he's a curmudgeon more than me. No, that- I think I think that's why people said people thought like I didn't like them or something. And it's like it's like it, it's nothing. Per- it was never anything personal. It's just like we're running a show. Right. Well, that happened. But if it happens at the bar, which is nowhere near the showroom, and you're difficult, you're not talking to someone there. What's your excuse there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, my I mean my always. My I don't want to is, interrupt the bartender. My thing has always been like to. Um, I don't know. Like, again, I, I don't want to, like, force my friendship on anyone. Or, like, I don't want to, like, force my mm-hmm. way into stuff. And, like, you know, and I do have that thing of, like, you know, feeling left out of certain friend groups. But then I will say, like, the people in comedy that I'm friends with, I'm really good friends with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think once you get, like, once you become good friends with someone, it's sort of the the notion of having to be friends with everyone kind of loses its luster a little bit. Yeah. Because you're, like... You know, like you, I've known for like the longest time. Like right. you're, you're a person. Well, we didn't become friends until later on. Yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. Like. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's better to wait and have like, let it happen. Have a real friend than sort of try to be, you know, uh, pals on a very, very surface um, level with everyone. Do you think that? And th- and that's a good thing that you brought up with comedy. I feel like 
a lot of the people were just coworkers, right? Yeah, like, right, right. And so it's like there's certain things where it's like, okay, if I have an issue, this is who I'm going to call. Or if I want to write something, I know who I'll, I'll talk to. But like, do you feel like you have, I, I mean, we obviously have this kinsmanship mm-hmm. because we're all doing this thing that's fucking mental. Right. <laughs> but uh, do you feel like there's levels? I mean, you, you said you have your friends, your friends, but do you feel like, there's something that's like there's ways that you can become friends with people later in life. I mean, at our age, you know. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I think that, I think it's like when you're in your twenties and thirties, um, there is this impetus to make friends, mm-hmm. you know. And there's almost like you almost feel like you're in a buyer's market. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's so many people, and you can like you'll find friend friend groups, and you'll find like like people with like interests and i think when you're in fort when you're in your 40s it becomes way more about keeping friends yeah you know what i mean it's like it's you become way more about checking in and then like you you have because your group is gonna shrink yeah <laughs> anyway because because of age and life <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's just gonna, it's gonna shrink anyway and it's just like yeah you just you have you know, kind of deeper, stronger relationship with people. And and that brings me to what this podcast too. Now, because of the lifestyle of being a comedian, I, well, I was always a night owl myself in terms of a night person. Mm-hmm. Were you a night owl before you did comedy or were this, this is how it became? I was, yeah, you know. Before you did comedy, I don't know. Comedy Maybe. made, comedy made me realize how much a night owl I was, but I was even in like, um, secondary school, high school, I was like, I would always like stay up super late yeah. and read. And like, I would always, I felt like I couldn't, I felt like there was too much noise in the day to really get what, you know, to really focus on what you want to yeah. do, to really like, you know, I, I was never a person who could read like with people running around and distracting you and TV on and all that kind of shit. But like yeah. when it was like real quiet, you know, and, and then when I got to college, it got real bad. I was like, I'm a guy who would start writing papers at one in the morning. Oh, me too. See that I was the same way. I, and I told the story before, like when I was in sixth grade, I would, I would watch the, I would watch Johnny Carson. My parents would let me watch <laughs> the monologue. It's like 1045. Yeah. Um, at least. And then as I got older, I just started watching later and later right. shows. And when I got to college, I wouldn't even take classes if they were before 10 o'clock. I'd be like, oh, this is psych <laughs> 400. This sounds great. Oh, too bad it's at 930. <laughs> Did you do stuff like that? or? Yeah, I mean, we didn't have, we didn't like have a, in the uh, British school system, British college system, you don't really have choices like that. It's kind of like, because you are funneled in the British co- college system. It's different now. But when I was there... You were funneled in from day one. So if you're doing an engineering degree, you're mainly doing engineering classes from day one, and you're not really doing anything else. And I was an English lit major, so I'm everything I'm doing. English what? English lit. I was doing lit. something like so. It was like it was um, English literature and writing was mine. Sure. And so like every class I took, I didn't take a math class. I didn't take a science class like you, like you guys. Yeah. Everything you did was on that. That's so much better. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's why that's why we, we get ours in three years. <laughs> you guys take. Yeah. You guys take as long as the money lasts. Five to seven years <laughs> depends on the person. Yeah. Um, and in terms of now, um, I've, like what time? What's your typical night that you go to bed? Is it consistent Ooh. or? No, no, it's not consistent. But like, 
like I never like something has gone drastically wrong if I go to bed before midnight. Okay. Like, like something has happened. Yeah. Same. You know? <laughs> I mean, I've tried to fall. Like, let's say I, I got a flight at eight in the morning and I fly into town. I take a nap or I fall asleep at 1030. I'm still, I'll still wake up and then I'm up till five or whatever. Yeah. Like I can't do that. Is that yeah, I have to familiar? be like exhausted. I have to have been up for like a day and a half. So typically you're going to bed between 12 and what's the latest? Do you usually stay up? I know you I'll I'll usually call it right as the sun's coming up. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And you and your significant other, how does that affect is she a night owl too? She's also a night owl. Okay. She's she goes. She's a, she's earlier than me. She'll she'll normally be done by by two in the morning. But um, yeah, I'm I've I've always got three or four more. I don't know. I, I'm just bad at schedules. I've yeah. always been bad. At well, them. yeah, if we know that. <laughs> <laughs> I told Justin. I was like, he's sorry, not gonna be here. Sorry, on time. Justin. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's the way it works. Um. <laughs> So do you, okay. So like when I do have a, a a girlfriend and they kind of come to my world of being a late night person, I still need that. If they go to bed at two, I still need like an hour to myself before I, mm-hmm. do you do that as well? Where oh, is it? A, to, oh, totally. And are you decompressing or what do you do? Are you writing? Are you being creative? Are you I'm reading? Not, no, I'm not late night. I'm not late night. Um, creative. Okay. Um, I'll be creative like, um, not morning either. I'm not a morning papers guy. Yeah. I'm like, um, I'm afternoon. And then like, de- you know what, what gets me real hard is right before a show, which is always kind of rough. 100%. Really? That's the one. I'll write bits under, if I'm like, okay, everyone's doing new material. I could do a new material. I'll write it as we're about to go up. To, wow. I'm like, that's the only time I can, I need that pressure of. Cause, cause I'll, I'm a bit better about doing that, but there was right in the chunk in the middle of my career, like I wouldn't do, I would not do. That's okay. okay. That goes out all the time. That, um, I wouldn't do anything unless I'd open mic'd it first. So then sometimes I would get so in my head because I'd be like on a bus to the gig and I would think of something and I'd be writing it like crazy on the bus. And I'd be like, oh, I like this. This is great. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, can't and I was excited about it, but I can't do right. it because I knew it was like, it didn't It didn't have any structure to it. It was too long. It had too many ideas. And I didn't know how it ended. So I was like, I can't really do that. And now I'm better about going, like, you can do a bit of it. You can, do, you can, you can, I'll put, it. yeah, I'll, if I have a new idea, I won't do it on a weekend show, but if I'm on a weekday show, a workout room, I'll do it and I can, if I feel like it's not getting any love, I'll, as soon as I get one laugh, I'm like, I I bail. But (laughs) then I listen to it, I'm like, build on it. But that's how I'll, I'll write. But it's mostly like right before or driving to the show. I'll, I'll, I'll have a concept in my head. I'm like, here's an outline. I'll work it out on stage. That's so funny. Yeah. I'm the exact same way. And I, I think it's too, because you're sort of like, you might be running you're set in your head mm-hmm. and you might be going like you, I think part of you is going, I'm so f- fucking sick of that bit, yeah. you know? And you know, your brain is going, well, what about this? And right. And you're like, Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll, 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 I'll put like an outline in front of me at the show. I'm like, well, if things are going well, you can try these three new ideas yeah. and just introduce it. 
and and the the show at Laugh Factory on Tuesday, I believe they have is the best night to do that because that crowd is so hot. It's so fun. I just literally just did that. I did like ten minutes, and I was it was great because I was really early, so it's low stakes. Yeah, and I think out of the ten minutes, I did two things that I knew would work, and two things that were in the act. Right, and then the rest was like newer stuff. The way I do it is if it's on that show or there's another show, Zanies has a show like that too. Depending on the person before me, if the person before me didn't do well or is newer, I have to do two of the hits up top yeah. so they trust me. Right. And then I throw in something that's got no hope. And then if it bombs, I'm like, oh, now I got to dig myself <laughs> out. But if the person before me was crushing, I'll start with the new and just dig oh. dig myself in a hole. And I, and I never used to do that. And I never understood why people would do that. Uh because Drew Michael used to always do that. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, why is he doing this? I get so mad. And now I'm like, I see the the use of it because mm-hmm. it make it forces you to absolutely to build uh credibility. Yeah. But, but I digress. So <laughs> let's talk about late night uh lifestyles. Uh do you ever feel like you're missing out because you're sleeping all day? Um or what no. time are you waking up usually? You know, I you still get eight hours? I'll get like, and apparently science backs us up on this, but I'm like, I'll get like five. Sometimes I will get eight. I'm not going to lie, but mm-hmm. I'll get like five or six and I'll find the other two Nap. somewhere, yeah. somewhere in the day. You know that's what I mean? That's the best way to do it. That's the, apparently. And apparently that's like, and that's the thing too, where like this whole eight hours, like go to bed at midnight and be up at eight, you know, whatever it is, go to bed at 11. Like that's just like some bullshit that capitalism made up you know what i mean like it like it literally is where it's like it doesn't work because the people who have the siestas live longer right the europeans they have uh the what is it the the break from one to three siesta hour yeah and apparently like that you know they they've done research on people's diaries and stuff like and especially like mainland europe in even like um urban uh populations but but also like agricultural populations they would go to bed like they would go to bed at like when they lost the light basically and then they would wake up when the light was coming in because it was all light based you know what i mean it's all like you know if someone was like a a clerk or something so it was just like so it'd be like they might get six hours sleep and then they would like they would get up in the morning and do a couple of hours of work and then they would like sleep from like 11 to one in the afternoon. Like it just depended on, depending on like what, what was practically happening. Useful. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. And it's also like, it came down to like how, you know, how expensive candles were, you know what I mean? Like, no, literally. <laughs> depending on the yeah, rate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or like, or oil or stuff where it's like, you, we can't afford to burn, you know, you should go to bed because we can't afford to burn that. So it is capitalism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's yeah. Um, do you feel like though you're like I always thought people that would wake up early and they just they get so much done by noon like yeah. for me I wake up at 11 and all I'm doing is playing catch up to like 3 I feel like I'm just playing catch up on my day yeah. but the things that I have listed to do do you feel like you're ever missing out on on, on that Nah I'm just not that and it's also yeah. like it is that notion of like if, if if you know if you're if you're a round peg 
Like if that's if that's who we are yeah. at a certain point, you know what I mean. Look, we've already decided to do stand up comedy. Yeah. We've already decided that we're the fuck is wrong with us. <laughs> you know what I mean? That we've already taken such a leap away from like what reality. we're supposed to reality. <laughs> or, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and conformity in what we're supposed to be doing. And not to be wrong, like we conform in other ways too. Yeah. But like, um, we've already kind of f- fucked it up. So. Yeah. So why not just, and it is like, yeah, you, you do like, you don't want to be, as long as what you're doing isn't selfish, you know, and if people need you to be places, again, I I was an hour late. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, isn't what we're doing selfish in and of itself? I mean, we're trying to make people laugh, but we're also, there's a self. Yeah, but like the people in your life, you know what I mean? Oh, Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about that because um, for me, you know, I started comedy later in life. Uh, and now I'm, I'm kind of in a crossroads, right? I I talked about this in uh, therapy recently, I think where my friends who were my peers, who I grew up with, who are my friends, they're at a different place in their life, right? Like they have kids, they're traditionally, you know, successful nine to fivers. Uh, when we all hang out, uh, especially now that I'm not drinking it, I, you realize later in life that your friendships revolve around alcohol and drugs. Yes. So much yeah. when you stop drinking. Yeah. And so, um, and not that I've stopped completely, but. I got to say the people who get sober, like I have a friend who people who get sober and stay friends with their drunkard, uh, with their drunkard friend group. Those people are saints. Yeah. Those people are like, that's, that's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, and, and here's what I do in my situation. Cause like I'll, we have our annual trip with my my close my best friends since uh, high school, and we. I come from. I just told the story on Blackout Diaries, but like I drank more in high school and college than I I've ever right. did. I mean, we drank significantly Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Then it became Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Then it became every day. But it wasn't like adult drinking where you have one drink and you're okay. I mean, you're right. drinking till. You, what's the point of drinking at that point if you're not getting drunk? Right, right. And then drugs are introduced later in life. What I've done is now it's like, okay, well, we have this annual trip. I know I'm not going to be able to stay sober for five days in a row. Right. So we end up, I'm like, that's my week of drinking. Oh, I'm that's gonna cool. Drink. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's fun. And I have a great time there. Yeah. But and you probably don't have to drink as much. Yeah, because my tolerance. Well, they are still drinking at that level. So, you know, we're on round five and I'm like, I'm going to drink a water here Mm -hmm. because I'm. But um, the point of my what I was trying to say there is then they the conversations that that they discuss after we've caught up and we've done our stuff. They're talking about like gardening and their their (laughs) children in school. Yeah. Do you do you still are you still in tr- touch with your non comedian friends? Because you've done this for seventeen years, so you've you're enveloped in the comedy world. Yeah, but I have. So again, it's I was here for about two years or so before I started doing comedy. I was in, in Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Yeah, and I had so the reco- what were you doing? I was like just doing like I was writing. I was I was actually writing kids books. Okay. For like a company that makes commercial kids books. So I was writing like Elmo books and like, like, um, uh, hard, like what they call board books. They're like kind of printed on cardboard. Yeah. And they have like, these were sound books. So, you know, you would press buttons and they make sound like from, like, I, I, would I, you uh, provide the sounds? 
<laughs> no? Yeah, I do a killer Elmo. Um, there's, a, there's a great story. The, the company that I work for, um, I'm not going to say them, but they can sue us anyway. But uh, the company I worked for, they had a... They can't a, sue us for saying their name. They well, it depends a, on where you're going with well, this. Well, they had a book called Elmo, uh, Let's Go... Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's go party with elmo or like uh, yeah, you know, yeah and it had it had like like four buttons on it you know and there's little graphical indicators as to where to press it and this company they had one where like if you press it and they made like ten thousand of these and i've heard it i've heard the the because the sound boards were so cheap when you pressed it um elmo was supposed to say who wants to go but clear as a bell you hit it and he goes who wants to die <laughs> Oh wow! Was it? And they made ten. You can still find like who did someone fucked with the soundboard or no one knows. No one knows that if you know, I don't know because here's the, the annoying thing is we these things were legendary because <laughs> everyone was trying to find them. Like this in was the at your company. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So like it was. Um, no one knows if someone sabotaged the thing. <laughs> So it said, let's go die, or or who wants to die, or if just the quality of the sound chip was so bad. And I mean, degraded. it's not like it's the same syllable. It's go and die. Those are, a D and a G are not But it's also that consistent. Yanni, you know, that, you know, that internet thing where two people hear two different things. Oh. Yeah. Did people hear it and say, oh, we hear go? Some people did. Most those people, people are killed themselves. <laughs> That is insane. Yeah. So this was what I was doing. So like, so then all my friends there, because I, I made, I sort of unveiled my way into my friend's friend group, and all his friends were designers, and they all had nine to fives. They were graphic designers and industrial designers. And I'm still friends with all these people, today. right? And it all like so that friend group is great because a it kept me sane when I got into comedy, and b it's also the reason I got into comedy. Because there was something about something I was doing, I would go to parties, I'd go hang out with them, and I was always making jokes, and I was making dumb jokes, and I would drink, and I would make more and more jokes, and I could kind of see, like, I could <laughs> kind of see something on their face, like, shut the fuck up, just stop making jokes. Yeah. And then what was so great about when I started doing comedy, is like, oh, this is where this should live. You should be... You found, a, you found a, your people. You should be paid to be that annoying. <laughs> You know what I mean? People should opt in. Were you were you like that growing up? Were you the funny kid or I like, wasn't. Yeah. I was I was I was the next to the funny kid. <laughs> and I would I would like I would grow mumble. I would whisper things. things to my yeah. guy. Yeah, I was the same way. Like, I was this is funny. But yeah. I I didn't have the balls to say it. I would people would laugh sometimes, but they would they would only laugh after they went, wait, what did you say? Yeah. And I would like, because I would say everything like into my chest. Right, right, right. But I was never that guy. And then once I, you know, I started coming out my shell a bit more once I got to Chicago. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was like, I was like annoying, <laughs> annoying these people. Um, where were we going with this about oh, having, oh. Friends from friends. graphic yeah, designer no, days. No, people, that's what's great about grounding people because the, the people do, who do have, who still. Grounded have, people being non-comedians. Non-comedians. <laughs> and, people, and also people who are like, people who still enjoy a drink but have a family because they do kind of have new things to talk about and their life to kind of does. Well, I, you know, I have this thing I'm trying to work on as a bit, but it's like the great thing about having, the great thing about being part of a drunkard friend group is you only need 11 stories because by the time you've got to story 11, 
They've forgotten the first three stories. You start <laughs> so over. You just, you just keep. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> wrapping them around. All that. It's like a see. baker's dozen or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. But um, see, I see you have more tolerance, I think, than I do, uh, because I just can't. I, and I love kids. Don't get me wrong, but like at some point, I'm like, I mean, all right, yeah, you gotta put her. You gotta put her in extra curricular activities like <laughs> how is this still an issue why are you still talking about it right like there's a certain point where you're like okay this is enough and i love hearing updates about their lives but but i don't fit there right we don't fit with that the norm not yeah. only in our hours of life but just in the decisions we've made so, but also it's like i think it's good to have connection to that 100 percent, and it is Agreed. and also but you have to be careful too where you can't be the jester because <laughs> right and I, I don't like that either when they're all saying oh we saw you work with so-and-so i want to hear all about that and you're like okay now i feel like i'm just on display and i don't want to be that either but also you can if you can go um well tomorrow i'm you know or like uh all oh, my buddies having an after party at three you know, after, after the show ends at like midnight, and then I think a bunch of us are going over this, and like, and all the dads look at their clock as like it's one in the morning. Maybe yeah, like yeah, and they all have that look in their eye, like you son of a bitch, right? <laughs> like, but they they want they <laughs> they want to go, go so, bad. so bad, right? They want to be, but then some it, of them don't though. Some right. of them are so glad to be out of that. <laughs> and some of them needed to be out of. That. See, I'm. That's another thing too that brings me to the second part of that is like, but now also, you know because of the lifestyle we've had, we're also working with people half our age yeah. on the same, that are our peers mm -hmm. that have a different priority. Right. And you right. have a joke about it too, where you're like, you're, you're like scumbag friends are out trying to get laid and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I was one of those scumbags yeah. 10 years ago, but now it's like or four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Like which, which, by the way, is pre, I saw your face. Which is pre-pandemic, which is basically a year ago. Uh, but like, my God, like you, I, I just, I, I just have a different outlook, right? Like, yeah, I yeah. still want to keep talking about things, but then you're like, okay, well, they're going next door, yeah. And I know if I go next door, it's gonna be tomorrow's gonna be fucking yeah, hell, yeah, 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 yeah. Or I could just go by myself, get a burrito, and yeah. just sit like and watch old New Heart episodes, <laughs> which is like what I end up doing. That is the greatest thing to to realize that, like the televisual comfort food, yeah. is to allow yourself to do that is like it, oh, it's the best, and it's also like it's also funny because people are always like, "Have you seen this new?" thing that's on netflix or apple plus and have you seen it? and oh i'm streaming and i, I i've got a yeah. vpn so i can watch four episodes before anyone else gets it and you're like i i've literally been watching uh the best of comedy on johnny cars <laughs> yeah and that's what's, and that's what's so funny is before covid i didn't even have netflix or anything so when, it, when i do patty vasquez on we have a show and I would just tell people like all the updates on like people like, oh, we'd have a guest that's talking about the new documentary on Netflix. I'm like, did you see season five of Barney Miller? It's really good. It holds up. <laughs> and I would just <laughs> and it's such a good show. And then I'd say like Webster doesn't hold up and things like that. But during the pandemic, I got all these subscriptions, mostly because people were like, 
tired of me hearing <laughs> tired about hearing me talk about the old episodes of Alf and they'd be like here take my fucking password go watch you know uh, Tiger King or whatever the fuck but now I uh, you know I'm 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 excited to come home and be like oh I'm almost done with Newhart which is my newest discovery and uh and I love and that's what you end up doing uh, there's something to be said for late too. at night. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm a big, uh, I'm a big rewatcher of Frasier. That's my, that's like my. I can see you yeah, watching Frasier. Yeah, I know, I know. It's very on, on, on point. But, yeah, <laughs> it's on point. But for, um, what, what else? What else do I like? Um, we're all in the family is like yeah. a great. Is, 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 great is one, episodes. One of the They're hard to get because people get very kind of. <laughs> doesn't hold yeah the language would have to change now but yeah i but i know i'm a big i'm a big i'm a big proponent of they should stay what they are they should allow you and it's like the to remember like those were they were uncomfortable then you know people always look at those shows sometimes and they go like ugh, you, you could get away with that it's like no you couldn't get away with that it was in tr- it got in trouble yeah all in the family had to the first episode had to come with a disclaimer up top that right? let people know that it was going to be uncomfortable, right. and it was uncomfortable. And I agree that there was certain, like there were some people who watched that show and laughed at it and for the th- wrong reason. For the wrong reason, yeah, sure. Yeah. But like that's also the kind of the point. But it's like I don't, anyway, I do like to like that late night rewatch of like just whatever you want, and that without tr- being able to get off the rat race of like having to stay up on everything. Mm-hmm. And also to your point, like those shows like Barney Miller, like. They made 22 episodes and they were like a season, a season. And they were like, this is this is what's going to play during the summer. And this is what's going to go into syndication. Mm -hmm. And it's like, look, not all of these are going to be killer, but some of these have to be pretty good because people are going to be watching these for fucking years. Well, they they um, the writing on the shows in the 70s and early 80s is so good on certain shows not all of them no no, but no. barney miller uh i just got into mary tyler moore which is holy shit yeah. was the writing good yeah. my brother just got into that too he's in alaska and that's the only thing i watch. yeah it was uh it was so good it was before my time but it was so fuck i mean like the stuff that they're addressing and and they couldn't like say things about a abor- like they would subtly bring yeah. up abortion or or the pill but they couldn't say it because it was like 72 or something right. like that and um, but then you go back and watch shows that were your fr- like. I loved Growing Pains as a right. kid, and you're like, "Holy shit, this is horrible!" Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. any of those shows during that time, like Elf, Growing Pains, Webster, were just so <laughs> shitty. Yeah, the yeah. writing was shitty. I mean, Kirk Cameron is doing Indian accents that are just <laughs> so offensive, and you're like, and "That's the there was no joke. It was just him right. doing the accent because he was." apparently good at it and that's the thing about all of you know you talk about all in the family all in the family knew the bits that were offensive yeah it knew and they leaned into it and then and like and if it's people like that's offensive but yeah it's archie bunker he's a he's an right. asshole but like something like that that sort of um benign 80s offense <sighs> yeah we're like isn't the guy in the turban funny yeah like that where it's like no one would even think how yeah we didn't know at the time it's like apu we didn't know it was <laughs> right, offensive. Right, right um but yeah i mean that's what you end up doing late at night is watching these shows yeah and they are comfort food it is com- like you're just relaxing and i'm um, more of a more it's the thing is i'm more of a film guy i will always but I, if i'm gonna rewatch commitment, something yeah it's a commitment and my friend uh, chad briggs calls it uh calls the sleepy girlfriend film festival 
Because <laughs> so what you do is you have a film that you start to watch with your girlfriend and you know that she won't make it in a film that she is into. And then you know that she probably won't make it to the end end of. And then you pause it where it's at. Because then because now that, falls that film is going to last you two days. Uh, and, and then, then you, you put in what you want and then you put in the film you want <laughs> it's the sleepy girlfriend film festival and that's it's some, great it's some old it's for me it's some always old bullshit by the way i just want to be clear like the old time like i you know i'll start a film i'll start a film at 2 a.m yeah and i like i do like old film i'm talking proper old you know what's that 30s oh god i can't yeah. watch that shit i know and black I, and white shit i can't watch and i know a lot of people can and also like sometimes I'll bring this up and people will go, people will try to defend me and they'll go, no, but those are classics. And like, not all the shit I watch is classic. Right. I watch bad movies from the thirties. Like, like I saw, I saw, ooh, what was that? Oh, I saw Citizen, Citizen Kane. Yeah. For the first time during yeah. COVID. It was okay. <laughs> I didn't think it was the best movie of all time. It It, it is a movie that is, and it, people are starting to realize that it, it has become so overrated but it is a film, it was a film that it did a lot of things in a mainstream film that it did for the first time. Right. I do understand the creativity and the like which, symbolism Which shit. again, which is like, you can say that, but if you fundamentally don't find the story entertaining, it's a, here's the thing about that movie too, because people go, it's the greatest movie of all time. It's like, no, no, no. You have to prepare people that the first fucking fifteen minutes of that movie is a fake newsreel. Yeah, about a guy who never I didn't existed. know that. I'm top right, <laughs> and I'm like, what? What's this? Mo- is this the part of the movie? It's, it's so, so silly. confusing, yeah. right? Well, you're like, and it's it keeps going and going and yeah. going. And Charles Foster Kane, this, and it's like, wait, should I know who this guy? Oh, he's a made up guy, right? This is it's so, so much silly. fake news. I can't, can't, I couldn't deal with it. Every time I rewatch it, I'm like. I forget about that bit. I'm like, oh yeah, this is not great storytelling. <laughs> so you were putting in these movies from the 30s at 2 a.m. 2 a.m. and they're about an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, sometimes? and I'll I'll knock out two before I go to bed. Wow. And is it because you just can't fall asleep after a show, or is it just because you're just that's yeah? The way and I'm you just like yeah, and it's just into my it. it's just my like happy place. A couple of glasses of whiskey. <laughs> Do you go out in the venture into, I mean, now it's Chicago's a little different than it was when we were younger, <laughs> but did you ever go out into the world at, at like two in the morning and just see what was around? Like, I, I, I pulled some, so we're talking outside I, of the nights that you're already, I'm not talking uh, about being out and staying out. I'm talking about like, you get home, you're like, eh, I'm going to go out to Jewel Osco. <laughs> I've done, done that. that, yeah. Dude, I used to, did that a lot in college. I I've done that, yeah. I've done I've done. Um, that's so hard to drag yourself out like past yeah. midnight though. And I've I've gone to things. I've I've had people talk me into um, going out, like going out into the world post like twelve thirty one. Yeah, I meet them up at a late place. In fact, I have a friend, and I'm gonna keep him anonymous. I've fr- <laughs> like I've. I've gone to establishments like after being home and then going out and places yeah. that that I've been with you at establishments at two in the morning. Yeah, I yeah. know that's a real thing. Yeah. But yeah, that like have gone later and like I, I've, I've been to key, key clubs. Yeah. It's hard. I don't only once or twice have I gone to a key club 
when I'm already home. That's like a tough invite. Have you done it at, in the last two years? No, no, no. Oh, this that's, is before. that's behind me. I've done it in the last decade, <laughs> but that's that's more or less behind me. I think the latest, I was with you one night, late night at a Irish bar on diversity, which shall remain <laughs> nameless, and the bar closed, and we were there till light. Yeah, till daylight, yeah. I think that was the... That was the first time I hung out with you. I think you and Danny Callis and I, and uh, we were out late, too late. And I remember, I mean, even if I was, it might have been like seven years ago, but I remember the next day I was in a lot of pain. There's a, I don't, because I'm going to reference it um, overtly just so I don't accidentally cop it, but like this great Brooks Whelan bit about like. Um, the Midwest drinking? No, but <laughs> but but like getting up. And seeing the sunrise is a beautiful thing. Being up <laughs> when the sun rises is like, uh, it's an awful What are you doing? Thing. Especially when you're not home yet. Yeah. And it, there's something about like feeling the daylight on your skin. Yeah. And you're like, you've been in a thing all day. It's sort of like, like popping a vacuum sealed bag. Yeah. <laughs> Just all the rot. Everything comes out. in. It's the worst. And especially when. If you, well, you live with your significant other, but if I'm, if I have someone sleeping over and they've been asleep for three hours and then I look outside, I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> it's the light is coming. I need to, that's when I decide to go to bed. Well, you think before they, before they've they, already gone to bed for three, four hours. You don't hours. want them to catch you still awake. Well, they know that I'm going to stay up, I right. think, but they don't, I don't want them to, and the, I'm embarrassed by it too. Cause like, what time did you end up going to sleep? I'm like, oh, just a couple hours after you, but it was like I, the I, last time I, it happened. I, I lie it's, about it too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's like, why are we embarrassed about it? Because it's like, I guess it's capitalism perhaps. <laughs> like they, Let's We should have been asleep four <laughs> fucking hours ago. We're due at the factory. Bro. Yeah. But I do, I do get, I do get productive at times too. Like lately I've been able to like edit clips or stuff, not like creative in the writing sense, but I am getting a lot of shit done. And, and what I will do now, which I I've talked about on the podcast before is on Google, on Gmail, you can, you can schedule emails to go out at, eight in the morning or uh, nine in the morning. Wow. So people don't know that you're yeah, sending yeah, it at three yeah. thirty. That's good. Like when oh. people are like, I need your headshots or your veils. I get to those emails when I get home. I Cause I don't like that. doing it from my phone. I get to a computer and then it's like, it's like one in the morning. I'm like, well, I don't want them to get this alert. Now I'll send it for nine in the morning. And then when I get up at 11, I've got responses. Hopefully I almost have to avoid doing that because if I have like a creative, um, cause I have other like sort of, um, well, that's not creative, it's just productive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's true. But like creative or like if, you know, I have some, a little bit of day job stuff I do, um, now and again still. Um, but like it's all freelance and I can do it whenever. And like, I have to almost avoid doing that in the middle of the night because if I get my teeth into something at like one or two in the morning, I will, Stick continue yeah that's the downside way more so than and that's the thing is too if you're up and everyone else is asleep it's there's like no stopping your product yeah time it is like really great I, and that's great whereas if you started at three or four o'clock doing something productive you're like oh shit i have to go to a show now yeah and that's you always, have to stop right but, but there's no stopping there's no stopping especially yeah. uh yeah like the only thing theoretically sh- that should stop you is the light the sun is yeah. coming up but the the other thing, my other big time sink is video games. 
I'm a big video game fan. Really? Yeah. I'm a oh, I didn't know that. I think that's su- the biggest time suck. Everyone's all surprised by that. It is a complete time suck. Oh, I'm so glad I don't. Get, I never got into that. <laughs> it's I, I did in law school, and it, and it affect my grade significantly. Oh, really? Yeah, because I would, I would do the same thing. I'd be up all night. I will never show anyone the amount of hours I've sunk into, <laughs> let's say, oh, I don't know, an Assassin's Creed. Oh, I, that seems like something you'd game play. I don't know. It's insa- it is insane. I know it wouldn't be a sports game. No, it's no sports <laughs> games. But I will say, I've seen you play baseball. <laughs> no, you've seen me play softball. Uh, softball, correct, right, right, right. I played baseball when I was living in Dallas. Uh, I was married to a lady down in Dallas, and um, I she invited me along to play in the company softball team. And I ne- I didn't even know what softball was. It was like a recreational game, right? And I remember, like, they had me bat or do something. <laughs> and I remember whatever I was attempting to do, I was either attempting to hit the ball or catch the ball. And I did it so poorly that one of the – these are now these are Dallas, these are Texans who take everything sure. seriously, except what they should take seriously, but they take <laughs> everything seriously. And whatever athletic attempt I made, they're like 11-year-old kid just looked at me and was just saying what is happening what are you doing out loud <laughs> yeah, yeah yelled it i like yelled i was like in my <laughs> late 20s at the time and he just fucking chastised me yeah he was like what are you doing he couldn't understand that, that you I didn't know how to ball. catch or hit yeah <laughs> it's i mean it's a societal it's a it's a different thing yeah i get it i get it well, I'm glad that you've improved since then, since when I saw you last time. Yeah. You were able to at least. I caught a ball. You caught and, and hit a ball. I was there. I'm I'm there more as a mascot. Well, I'll tell you what I remember. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember this, but I was on your side on this. You you were up your third time up to bat and yeah. you hit you hit it. Yeah. And then you got to first base, but it was a close call. Like right. they were like, he's out. And right. I just go to J- Joe Fernandez. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Like he's not even on my fucking team, but like he needs that. That's worse. Give, though. That's, but it was it. First of all, you were safe, but like they were. It was just one of those like moments where it was like close game, and I'm like, give me a fucking break. Like the tie goes to the runner, and and second of all, like this is at like, come on, give him his hit. I mean, I almost spilled my drink. Yeah, you were holding it right. I think that's what was holding against, what was held against you was like he's not taking it seriously. My my can was over the right, but I do base? remember that. I, moment. Think it's called a base. That's like the one time I get so competitive because it's the one time where, like, my athleticism as a Gen Xer, and you see these younger guys and yeah. they don't take it seriously. But I'm very competitive, and I'm like, I just need to. I like to play. Are you competitive? Very. In everything, yeah. Really? Unfortunately, yeah. Like, like to okay. the point where it's like it's not healthy. <laughs> what is the thing now that, com- that that you do that you compete at? Uh, or do you try? I not think to- I compete with myself more now because yeah. I don't really have anything to compete with. But I mean, you know, like in my head, I'm always like looking at. I I don't do it with comedy so much. But if there are, you know, obviously there are people that you have as rivals in your head uh, that go, if they crush, I'm like, well, now I got uh, now I got to bring. But my, like, like but we no, went to trivia. Um, no, I would be if 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 we're at a bar and there's a trivia game, I will fucking get aggressive about it. Yeah. Really? Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I can't <laughs> turn I wanna, it off. Yeah. Now I want to do this. Or but like even when we, I remember once I was on a date, 
and we were playing uh, Papa Shot, the basketball thing, and then like it just triggered. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I get so competitive. Oh, that's good that you don't play. Joe Kilgallen's like that too. That's why oh, I understand. Oh, of course, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and I get along <laughs> when we're playing baseball. That's I could good. see, I could see when he's like trying not to. It's good that you don't play video games then. Right, because that those controllers are expensive, and if you throw them, I would get it. I would, I would throw them. I, I, I remember we were playing Monopoly with my nephew who was fourteen at the time, my niece who was ten, and uh, and it got pretty, pretty aggressive. Where I was swearing, it's Christmas. It's, it's, it's my ca- uncle it's was recording again. It. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to capitalism. Wow. Well, we are we are out of time, Adam. I, I really appreciate you coming, yeah. albeit late, to the podcast. <laughs> uh, I thought that was on. I thought that was on like brand. For it the was podcast. on brand. I knew that. I, I think I told Justin. I'm like, he's not gonna be on time. Don't worry. <laughs> but about also it. for the podcast, this is about staying up it's, late. I'm making you yeah, stay up later. <laughs> tr- traditionally accurate again. Um, Adam, we'll have you back on. Thank you. Man. Anytime. I I love talking to you, you and too, uh, I hope other people enjoy our conversation <laughs> as much as we did. Where can uh, where can people find out more about your upcoming shows and your projects? And uh, just find me on Instagram on ATP Burke. Oh, and I've got an album coming out in December, Weaponized Empathy, will be coming out on a special thing record. So please check that on out. What, on what records? On a, a special thing records. A special thing records. Yeah. Thank you so much, Adam. And thank you all for watching or listening to another episode of Why Are You Awake? Oh,